This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Listen to 97.3 The Fan on the Odyssey app for your chance to win a pair of tickets to Depeche Mode or Depeche at Pechanga Arena on December 6th. Every hour you listen now through March 5th equals one entry in the contest. So... Uh, go to the Odyssey app or 973thefansd.com. Matt Scraby here with you. Chris is out with some uh, personal stuff going on. Everything's okay. He will be back next week. Uh, but Tony is right now heading over to the Peoria Sports Complex for the game tonight between the Padres and the Cubs. And I don't know if uh, if everybody else is. I, I, I've been really excited about this game tonight just because... It's the first night game of of the year. It's the first game where Dave is texting me, asking me to set up the equipment for for the broadcast, and it just really gets me in the mood for Padres baseball. And uh, with them playing the Cubs tonight, being on the radio, it's just it's closer than ever. I know that the opening day is until the end of the month, but it, it's going to be here before we know it, and it's going to be a fun year. It's it, it's just it can't get. It can't get. I don't think it could get worse. I mean, they have so many players on their team this year. I don't expect them to get worse than they were last year. That would be awful. I just expect them to be great all year, as everybody else does. And I think that they'll be able to do this. Like we talked to Annie Halbrand earlier in at two forty, and I asked her about the stress level around the clubhouse and how there's a lot of pressure on this team to do well. And she said that they've been able to really. Hold it together. They've been able to block it out, block out the noise. Uh, they've been doing that better than I have uh, with certain things today. They they are able to block out the noise. I need to figure out what they do so I can apply it to my life. But I really think that this team, it's it's like almost Manny and, and others have recruited this team to be a team that they know will be together all season long. It just seems like a lot of friends are on this team, and I really have good I really think that the Padres are going to not surprise because it wouldn't be a surprise at this point, but they're going to be the talk of baseball all season long. And even if they extend Juan Soto, we talked about John Heyman writing an article uh, earlier today saying that the Padres aren't done yet. They are going to try and open up discussions with Juan Soto and Josh Hader. And Josh Hader was on Ben and Woods when he was out uh, when they were out at spring training. And Josh Hader said he hasn't talked to the Padres yet about an extension, but he's definitely willing and, and wants to talk about an extension. I don't see why you you wouldn't because this team is very good, and and Josh Hader knows that, and Josh Hader wants to be a part of that. But also, Josh Hader, he's going to get paid. Uh, we know that, and we we've talked about it a lot of times that. Um, the Edwin Diaz contract with the Mets, five years, $102 million, has to be where Josh Hader is looking at 
for a baseline because he, he and Edwin Diaz are very good closers. Some may say that Josh Hader is a, is a better closer. And I think during the postseason last year for the Padres, Josh Hader showed how good of a closer he is. He was incredible during the postseason. So I, I know that I said last week that I don't know that I would bring back Josh Hader for five years at $100 million, but who am I to tell Peter Seidler how to spend his money? If he can make it happen, then go ahead. I mean, bring in as many guys as you can. That's, that's the name of the game. And Peter Seidler is already doing that, so I, I don't see if they're willing to keep going, then 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 bring in, then re-sign all of the guys. I mean, all the the future pieces that you want in this team for a very long time, and obviously Juan Soto is a part of that, and so Josh Hader could be a part of that. But Juan Soto is one that you can't let get away, and I don't think the Padres are going to let him get away. I saw a tweet earlier today from one of those um, you know Fox Sports MLB, I think it was. Uh, or or a similar account to that, but they put up four teams. And they said, which team is Juan Soto going to be with in the 2024 offseason? And I thought that was just a little bit early to, to start talking about that, especially with him having two years of control left with the Padres. But they listed the Padres, and then they listed the other teams, Mets, Dodgers, and I don't even remember the fourth team. But it would be really nice if the Padres – we're able to do what they were able to do with Manny Machado and not even let it get to the point of free agency. Just lock him up. But, I mean, Juan Soto's not hurting for money, and he's not going to be hurting for money. And just the short time that Juan Soto's been in town, I think he has shown everyone that he wants to be a part of the community and he, he likes playing here. I think everybody on the team, Manny made it a part of his press conference so many times. He said that... Uh, the fans are just outstanding, and he loves the fans, and he wants to bring a championship to the fans, which is all of you and Padres fans. And it's 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 nice. It's obviously very nice that people are starting to think about the Padres that way. It's still kind of a little strange to me. I don't know if anybody else feels that way. That's a little strange. But it is strange to know. I was talking to my friend last night about this, to know that the Padres are – the talk of Major League Baseball. When I, I mean, I moved down here in 1999, and and I was going to high school, and the Padres had just got got out of the World Series uh, with the Yankees, and so the Padres were a team that people were talking about. But then we all know what happened over the next you know 20 something years, and now I mean I can't turn on MLB Network without watching for 10 15 minutes and if they're doing one of their MLB tonight shows or or some other show talking about a Padres a Padres player or something about the Padres like can they extend Juan Soto how are they doing this and I I do think it's funny that Peter Seidler is kind of I guess for lack of a better term he's ruining it for all of the other owners out there because the owners do not want to see what he's doing because he's forcing them to possibly take out their wallets and take out their checkbook and write bigger checks. Because uh, now that Peter Seidler's putting that money out there, players are going to want that money. And it could it could make a change here in baseball. Uh, I'm going to talk about Ben Verlander in just a second. But if you were calling in for Chris versus the fans, we are not going to do it today. I'm all by myself right now, so we have no game to play. And uh, so I appreciate everybody who was calling, but we will pick that up again next week. On Monday, and also I need a full weekend to get all the different questions together. Uh, some of the Gatorade flavors that are coming into my Twitter right now at Matt Scraby, Drake says citrus cooler, 
And he said, dude, I don't think dude is part of the flavor, but I have had a citrus cooler before. Lots and lots and lots of cucumber Gatorades, lime cucumber Gatorades. I mean, I can't stop counting those. And so the people have spoken. Lime cucumber is the favorite. And it's not my personal favorite, but a lot of people do like it. So I'm not going to take that away from you. I, I, I know that... People were trying to convince me that the lime cucumber Gatorade is the best one, but I, I just um, I'm gonna stick with my Costco pack of Gatorade, as Mailman Rob said. My my flavors of orange, fruit punch, lemon lime, and cool blue. I'm gonna stick with the originals. Ben Verlander, he yesterday put up the tweet about Fernando Tatis Jr. and it was about him and right field. I'm paraphrasing. He he, he put up the video of Fernando misplaying the ball, and he said. Oh, it's it, it, how's it going for Fernando in right field? Oh, not so good. And that's a paraphrase again. Well, he deleted the tweet, and I, I'm happy that he deleted the tweet. We talked about this earlier, and it's a sign of he recognizes maybe he said something out of pocket uh, and that he maybe needs to take it down so that it, it's not on his feed anymore and it's not representing his thoughts anymore. But just putting it up, I think... The national media, I think they need to stop being so negative. Uh, they, they jump on the band, the negative bandwagon way too quick. And I feel like this tweet about Fernando Tatis Jr. was way too quick. And I did a lot of thinking about doing things for the clicks. I guess you say doing it for the gram, but doing it for the clicks. And Ben Verlander... He, in all regards, I believe he's a nice guy. I've never really had any issues with Ben Verlander's tweeting. You know, there's some national writers out there that just want to tweet bad things about the Padres all the time, but Ben Verlander is not one of them. So I was very surprised that he put that up. But he put it up with one thing in mind. He put that up for all of the Tatis haters to spread it around Twitter. And I don't think that the national media need to uh, need to pile on anymore. I know that they're going to, and I know that other fans are going to, but someone like Ben Verlander, who has a brother that's playing Major League Baseball, I don't... Over the years of working for this show in the past five years, I was someone who criticized players all the time before I started working for this show and station five years ago. Uh, and I'll still criticize players for, for, for playing poorly, but... Stuff like that is just done strictly for social media clout, and I'm not about it. And, and you know, I am not absolving myself as someone who's never tweeted anything about someone else or tweeted something like the tweet that Ben Verlander put up. I try not to. I really do, because I don't think it has any place and it doesn't help. But the, the, the national media is going to continue to perpetuate the label for Fernando Tatis Jr. as a cheater. And I know that he put it up because he knew how much, how many people were going to like that tweet, how many people were going to retweet it because Fernando Tatis Jr. was playing poorly in that one clip. And we talk about it quite often on this show. I like Twitter because Twitter is kind of my conduit to what fans are thinking, what different uh, people are thinking, so I like it for that reason. But there's also that dark side of Twitter that we all know about, and and Tony and Chris have done a really good job over the years of kind of helping me to parse out what I need to pay attention to on Twitter and what I don't need to pay attention to on Twitter. But I felt like this Ben Verlander tweet definitely needed 
some sort of attention on it because it was not it was not something that I felt like was fair. And I feel like the the national media needs to be a little bit better. And so I'll get off my soapbox for now. But Fernando is 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 definitely he's going to have a really tough year on the road, and it's probably going to get easier as the season goes along. But I know that there's got to be anxiety there uh, for him going into different stadiums. I mean, they're traveling to they're they're going to be playing every team this year, so every team's fan base. Well, at least the teams that they're playing on the road this year are going to have their opportunity to yell at Fernando and say whatever they want about him. But I, I really am looking forward to seeing the redemption story of Fernando Tatis Jr. Annie also said earlier in our interview with her that he seems to be the Fernando that we all know and love. He's smiling. He's bouncing around. He's just having fun. And I, I believe that that's the key to Fernando playing well this year is for him to have fun, him for him and his teammates to have each other's backs, and I I really am excited for uh for him to turn it around and show everybody that he can turn it around. And I know that there's always going to be those people out there that are going to be saying stuff like, uh, "Well, oh, he hit 40 home runs because he was on the juice." I guess he could just go ahead say that. But if it's from the national media, that's another story. And Ben Verlander, he did take down the tweet, so I've got to respect him, at least for acknowledging maybe he went a little too far out on the ledge. But I, I really want to see uh, I really want to see San Diego as they did rally around Fernando this year, and I know that that's going to happen. I have no I have no qualms about fans rallying around Fernando and making him feel like he's at home when he's uh, at Petco Park. And even on the road, I'm sure he'll appreciate it on the road if uh, he has some Padres fans out there supporting him. All right. I've been holding this until now, but first caller right now to get through to 833-288-0973 is going to win a pair of tickets to KSON's Country Fest on March 25th at Gallagher Square featuring Lee Bryce, Parmalee, Easton Corbin, Dylan Carmichael, and Hannah Ellis. Tickets are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. First caller right now to 833 833- 288-0973. You will get those tickets. But on the other side, Tony is going to rejoin me from the Peoria Sports Complex. And we are going to talk about something that's a little crazy to me, actually. I came across this earlier. And Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones, the quarterback for the New York Giants, he is trying to get a new contract. And he is trying to get a lot of money. So we're going to kind of debate that on the other side. But first, here is your traffic report. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Tony Gwynn Jr. in Peoria, Arizona. Matt Scraby here in the Odyssey Palace. Chris is off today. He will be rejoining us at some point next week. Tony, he uh, is going to Vegas this weekend. He's going to Vegas Ooh. for the Mountain West Tournament for the women's basketball team. Oh, it's business. It's business. Oh, it's business. Athletic. Yeah, he's not going for fun. I mean, for a guy who says he hates betting, it wouldn't make no sense for him to go to Vegas for fun. But, There's more to do in Vegas than just bet. Like what? Tell me one thing. You I guess see some of the shows. I oh, mean, you're there's right. lots of things you can do. Okay, I guess you're right. But I mostly do, I, betting, though. Yeah, I've in other uh, other things, but I, I've never actually been to Vegas. What other things are you speaking of? I don't. I don't. Um, understand like what you're talking a, about. A, adult places, <laughs> those other things. Mm, okay. um, I'm not going to mention any or any of the times that I got in trouble. And it, never mind. Let's keep going because uh, yeah, I'm going down a bad path. On All right, the, the NFL is going to be giving out some crazy contracts here to quarterbacks in the next couple of years, especially this off season. And this article caught my eye because we've been talking a lot about Lamar Jackson and his negotiations with the Ravens. Many people think he's going to be franchise tagged because they can't come to an agreement. But Daniel Jones, this news came out today. The reports are that the Giants are trying to extend him and get him into a long-term contract, but he wants $45 million per year on his new deal. That's Danny Dimes. And so... Although he doesn't want everything to be guaranteed from what I've seen, he still wants a lot of money, 45 a year. Now, Lamar Jackson, on the other hand, we know that he wants his contract fully guaranteed. And it's the all the news out of Baltimore is that they just don't seem to really be getting along at all. I, I still wonder whether or not he is being affected by representing himself. Um, I, I don't know if that's an issue. But at the same time, it seems like other guys are getting deals done, but Lamar Jackson isn't getting a deal done. And if Danny Dimes gets more money and more guaranteed money than Lamar Jackson, then the system is broken and there is something up for sure because that doesn't make any sense. Lamar Jackson won an NFL MVP. Daniel Jones is not even close to that. He had one good year. Well, if Daniel Jones is getting more money, then, then I guarantee you the Ravens are screaming at the top of their lungs, Giants, you better not do something along no those lines because you will be hurting our stance. Speaking of speaking of Lamar Jackson, did you did you hear Ryan Clark's um what would we call it? It was kind of a rant about Baltimore and Lamar. Have you heard this? I have not yet, but let's 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 okay. play this for you. You know what? The Bible says he who finds a wife finds a good thing. That sounds a lot to me like saying living in the world without a quarterback ain't the world you want to live in. Here is what Dan Graziano, Ryan Clark, and Mike T wouldn't do. I wouldn't tell my wife, hey, babe, you know what? So here's what we're going to do. 
instead of getting married, what we're going to do is we're going to live together, but I'm also going to put it on the market that you're free to take any other offer that you want. And when you get that offer from that other man, if he says he's going to give you 15,000 square feet and five acres, I have an opportunity to match that. Yeah. And listen, if I don't want to match that, then we ain't married. You go on your ma- That's not the way it works when you really want somebody. When somebody has proven to you their value and you value them the same. So sure, it's okay. Let her go see if he got an indoor outdoor pool. If he can get her uh, comp chips at the Aria in Las Vegas for the Pro Bowl. That's what you want to do. Wow, that was amazing. Honestly, Ryan Clark keeps getting better and better to me. Like, I tell you what, that for those who may not understand what he was talking about, that is in reference to the GM saying that he doesn't want to live in a world where he, he basically doesn't have a quarterback, right? And uh, the comparison there was 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 spot on, if you ask me. It was. Now, in, ter- in terms of Lamar Jackson, he we know right at this point, he's asking for guaranteed money, fully guaranteed. He wants what Deshaun Watson wants. And here's the thing, if if the Baltimore Ravens are crazy enough, and the other part that, that Ryan Clark was referring to is the fact that the, there's there's been rumors that the uh, Baltimore Ravens, who I think have to make a decision by this week, right, in terms of it, franchising. It, it, it's coming up very soon, yeah. Let me check uh, that It's a couple, yeah. I think it's by the end of this week um, that they were going to do a non-exclusive, meaning that other teams, March 7th, as Ryan Clark explained, could uh, could find a way to, to make an offer. And I promise you there's going to be a team out there that's willing to pay what Lamar Jackson now? You said the day is the seventh. Yeah, the March seventh. So that's four Tuesday. Days. Yeah, Tuesday of next week. So I, I mean, listen. I think the Ravens. They're gonna. I think they're gonna have to pay him. I don't see a way in which they don't. They can't franchise him because we know what kind of um, restraints that puts on them in terms of this next season and yeah. upgrading this roster. Um, and so I. This this is they're in it. I mean, this is. This is the type of leverage that Lamar Jackson holds, and I think if they go with a non-exclusive tag, he's going to get it from somewhere else if they don't want to give it to him. Uh, I feel like I don't even know why Lamar Jackson would want to play for the Ravens anymore at this point. It doesn't seem like they're very concerned about him whatsoever. I mean, I don't know that, but Eric DaCosta, the GM of the the Ravens, came out and kind of threw the wide receivers under the bus, and then Rashad Bateman was like, hey, whoa. (laughs) He deleted that post, but still he's like, hey, we're doing our best on the field here. Uh, It doesn't seem like there's any friendliness going on in Baltimore right now. Chris no really thinks will. that he's going to be a Dolphin. He really does. I'm seeing a lot of trades to the Atlanta Falcons. I hope he doesn't go to the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, that would be kind of lame. They're not. I mean, I want if he's going to go someplace, I want him to go someplace that he makes them immediately a Super Bowl contender. Four years. Um, yeah, well, I mean, yeah. They are looking look. for a quarterback, according to John Lynch, because Brock Purdy can't looking. get surgery, and Trey Lance hasn't played. He still hasn't had surgery? No, his arm's still swollen. They won't do it. They have to keep postponing it. So he still hasn't had surgery. Um, and then the rumors of Tom Brady coming out of retirement are surfacing again because the 49ers are looking for a quarterback. But uh, Daniel Jones, though, if I'm the Giants, and he says, I want $45 million a year, I say... Go find it somewhere else and make him make him. Uh, who, who who's going to be your quarterback then? Wouldn't it be better to go? Wouldn't it be better? 
these quarterbacks don't grow on trees. Like, I know they don't, but he's he's you, not like an elite quarterback, and he's asking for elite money. Was Kirk Cousins elite when he got no, paid? No, but he, he I don't know he how paid. he got what he got. He got paid. And it was uh, fully guaranteed. There's a bunch of guys who, who get paid that ain't Ryan like, Tannehill? Got paid. I think if he I'm was asking saying. for like $35 million a year, I think that would be more doable than $45 million a year. So $10 million less, you, you'd be okay with it. Over an eight-year contract, that's $80 million bucks. That's a lot. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. You're right. But I'm just saying, he 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 uh, he got his team to a playoff after they were pretty woeful the last couple of years. Some may say because of him. I don't know why I'm so against Danny Dimes. <laughs> yeah, right what now. did Danny Dimes? He do didn't do to anything. You, man? He seems like a nice guy too. So. He does seem like a nice guy. <laughs> you just rolling over him with this bus you got. Uh, yes. Let me back up one more time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> We will move on from this, and coming up, we are going to go into the Big Five, and John Heyman has released a report about Ethan Salas, and I want to get Tony's thoughts on some of the comparisons being made to him. So when we get back, we'll go through the Big Five on 97.3 The Fan. Matt Scraby back with you in the Odyssey Palace, 97.3 The Fan. Chris out for the day. Tony, back and forth, back and forth. He's helping me out by staying a little bit later here. So that we can uh, do the Big Five, and we have some good topics in the Big Five. We got Juan Soto, or we got Ethan Salas, and what John Heyman wrote about him. We have a pitcher, and he actually loves a pitch clock. I didn't think he would. And then we're going to be talking about this year's small Kenny Pickett small hands. This this player is this year's Kenny Pickett small hands debate. So we'll get into that in the Big Five. But wanted to uh, tell you the lineup for the Padres tonight. First night game here on 97.3 The Fan, and it's going to be starting at 5.40 p.m. Uh, you'll hear it right here on the station with Tony and Jesse. But leading off tonight for the Padres against the Cubs, Trent Grisham, center field, second baseman, Jake Cronenworth. He did say, I know... If you, if you missed it earlier, we asked Annie Halbrin about her tweet saying that his friends and family call him Jacob. Well, Jake Cronenworth tweeted or uh, Instagram something out today saying, it's okay, everybody. There was a major kerfuffle, but you can all call me Jake. It's all right. So we can still stick with Jake the Rake. Third base, Manny Machado batting third. DHing, Nelson Cruz batting cleanup. Matt Carpenter at first base batting fifth. Austin Nola batting sixth, uh, doing the catching. Yes, doing the catch. I was like, for a second there, I looked and I saw first base, but no, he is the catcher. Duh. Taylor Coley, left field. Jose Azokar, right field. Jackson Merrill at shortstop. And Julio Tejeron, at, he's the pitcher. And we heard last week Bob Melvin talking about him and how he's still got a lot of baseball left in him and he still has, uh, he, he still has a chance to make this team. So keep an eye on what he does tonight. But I'm also really, uh, looking forward to seeing Jackson Merrill again. I I think Jackson Merrill is taking a lot of people by surprise, and it's not because he he's coming out of nowhere. It's just he's very good this early. Jackson Merrill is looking amazing so far in spring training, and he's going to get a lot of work here throughout spring training. So that's definitely a good thing for him with all these guys going to the World Baseball Classic that he will be able to step in, and he's going to get a lot of playing time here while they're gone. So we'll see what he can do over the a uh, couple weeks that they're gone, all, all the different Padres that are off to the World Baseball Classic. Another thing I found interesting about the World Baseball Classic that I guess I didn't really realize was 
they are not going to be using the pitch clock or you know the batter clock as uh, during their tournament. So it's kind of these guys have gone from pitch clock to no pitch clock, and then they're going to have to go back to the pitch clock. So it's a little, it's pretty interesting um, to see how those guys are going to handle everything. But I, they're professionals. I think they'll be fine. They will be just fine, but it is something that I think is uh, going to be a little weird for them for maybe the first game or so, but they're going to have to come back and get back into their pitch clock and batting clock shape before opening day. All right, traffic is ready. Tony is ready. The Big Five is about to start. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Players have hit huge wins with bets as low as 50 cents. Check out their jackpot winning smiles on the View House Facebook page. Want to join them? Who knows? The next jackpot winner could be you, View House Casino and Resort. I'm Kelly Danik with Ben and Chris, San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. It's that time of the show when we check on the latest in sports. Only the most important topics and questions are brought to light. Stop what you're doing and listen. These news stories will astound and amaze you. The one, the only. Oh my God, who the hell cares? The Big Five starts now on 97.3 The Fan. Listen to 97.3 The Fan and thousands of other stations, plus millions of podcasts for free on the Odyssey app. Now, we got some Padres here. We also got a Major League Baseball player who I thought was going to hate the pitch clock, but they love the pitch clock. So I'll tell you who that is in just a second. But I was I was completely stunned by this, Tony, that this person, I think you know who it, who it is, but we'll get into that. Yeah. Number five. So, John Amon, he's been releasing Padres news like crazy today. We talked about the report the Padres may try and get some sort of contract done with Juan Soto and Josh Hader. He also wrote about the 16-year-old international prospect Ethan Salas. Some scouts say, now this is a lot, he has Hall of Fame potential, and others are debating whether or not he would become the Padres' full-time catcher at either 18 or 19 years old. Uh, one, sc- one scout told John Heyman he wouldn't rule out a September call-up this year. So, Tony, is this putting too much pressure on Ethan Salas? Uh, yes and no. Um, he, everything that at least I've heard is that the kid is legit. But I mean, if we're even if we're talking eighteen, nineteen, that's still two, three years away. Yeah. And so September you know, call up at sixteen or seventeen. <laughs> listen, what the only if they if the if the evaluators are saying eighteen, nineteen, which is a you know really sh- short amount of time. Yeah. 
I don't see why bringing him up at the age of 16, other than to see what it is, to put the carrot in front of the kid, um, because because you're also taking away from development time. Because unlike in the past, the minor league season runs in, you know, it runs um, it runs along with the major league season. So it used to be a year earlier or a month earlier. Now they go, so you're taking time away from. Them. So if you want that 18 year, years of age to um, come to fruition, let them they stay down there and and uh, develop. Now, is it too much pressure? I don't know. If he's as good as as everybody says he is, uh, that pressure is inevitable. So you might as well start getting used to it. That's a good point. It, it is inevitable because everybody's going to be talking about him. They're already right. talking about him, and uh, right. it, it's just it, it's kind of uh, it's kind of jarring for me to see that a scout says he has Hall of Fame potential and he's 16 and he's never played a real game. So I don't know how you can see that in a player. I think that's putting a lot of pressure on the guy, but you, you can't. But this is you know, you know, uh, my man John. Got some, got some hot, some hot bites to uh, to write about. So it was right he up did. his alley. He did. You and John and John do a big time baseball podcast too. So I'm surprised that he never had worked out I'm these sure, hot takes I, on oh, you. I'm sure that I'm sure that'll go in it. We're recording it Saturday tomorrow. So oh, I'm sure okay, it'll get in there somehow. Yeah, you can find those on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Look at that, Tony. We worked into a promo into the Big Five. Look at you. Look at that. Number four. Wow. <laughs> One major league superstar is actually loving the pitch clock when I didn't think they would love it at all. And that's Mets ace Max Scherzer. He said, quote, really, the power the pitcher has now, I can totally dictate pace. The rule change of the hitter having only one timeout changes the complete dynamic of the hitter and pitcher dynamic. I love it, he said. Uh, he went on to say that he alters his pace even within the confines of the pitch clock. He, uh, quote, there is another layer here to be able to mess with the hitter's timing, end quote. So he did this the other day. And he would stand there ready to pitch. He would let the clock run down. And in this clip that I saw, the hitter took a timeout around eight seconds. And Max just stood there ready to go. Then when the clock was reset, he immediately threw a pitch. And the batter was like, what the heck just happened? This is BS. So um, I think this is an unintended consequence of instituting the pitch clock. Because they've already some Max has already figured out how to throw off the rhythm. I'm up first on this one. Do you think this is a loophole that needs to be fixed? As someone who's never played Major League Baseball, it does seem a little unfair that the pitcher can just go whenever he wants to go and then change it up. Okay, he's going to take 18 seconds this time. He's going to take three seconds this time. I think there's a little bit of uh, an unfair nature to that. So I will step aside, and Tony, you can answer if this is a loophole that needs to be fixed. Yeah, I mean... I guess in the end it does probably need to be fixed, but I'm willing to let the, let it see uh, how it plays out. Uh, I watched that at bat, and it, Max Max worked it to perfection. He I really mean, did. He really did. Like he stood. He said he was going to do as much. When there's nobody's on, he's going to work quick. When there is somebody on, he's going to work slower. And wait, basically, the I think the hit mistake of getting back in the box too soon because mm-hmm. now uh what what happened was max just held let the clock run down hitter got tired of waiting and so he called timeout meanwhile while the hitter steps out after he calls timeout 
Max has already gave <laughs> – he, he has a pitch com on his belt, so he's calling the sign. Ah. Let, the pit, let the catcher know what he wanted. He was already there waiting. I mean, you could just see it in the pitter's face. Like, he knew – Man, he, as soon as I get back in the box, he's going to be throwing it. Sure enough, threw it by him for strike three. And that would be infuriating <laughs> as a hitter. I can imagine it. So, I mean, you're going to have to. I want to see if hitters can find a way to combat it, right? Maybe call timeout, but don't get out of the box. Stay ready. That way, he doesn't get the advantage. Um, But, you know, you're playing all these games, and now you're not able to process the at bat. So, I, I think at some point, you know, maybe. They add a little, some nuanced rule to it that can combat that a little bit. But right now, this is this is well within the rule. We've got to figure it out. This is what I love about new rules is because all these things that people may have not thought about in detail end up showing themselves, and so they have to adjust it. But Max oh, by the yeah. And by the way, he the pitch ended up being like right down the middle. But because the hitter didn't really get himself ready, it's almost like Max sacrificed command <laughs> for... in order to for the speed up process and that was good enough. Yeah, so you we'll, said we'll it, see. You said it yesterday with Tucapita Marcano when he was uh, I think it was Wandy Peralta. He got Tucapita Marcano was struck out in twenty seconds, like flat. It was incredible. But he kept stepping out of the box. You were saying he should have stayed in the box. Just stay in the box. If you know the rule if if you know by getting out you're giving the hitter the pitcher the advantage just stay in there number three so last year the combine was all about kenny pickett's small hands and the story has been written many times before is this nfl prospect too small to play in the nfl we've heard it over and over and over this time this year it's alabama's bryce young here he is at the combine being asked about his size and this is what he said Again, I, I've been this size uh, respectfully my, my whole life. Um, you know, I, I know who I am. Uh, I, you know, I know what I can do. And, you know, for me, you know, I think it, it, it's fair. You know, everyone can, can speculate and ask whatever questions are necessary. But, you know, I'm going to continue to control what I can control. I'm keep working my hardest to put myself in a good position. I'm confident in myself. I know what I can do. And, you know, I'm just excited to get to that next level. So Bryce Young, I like that comment. Respectfully, I've been this size my entire life. So he he handled that very well for being someone who's asked about it constantly. But I think we've all kind of seen in the NFL now that maybe size at the quarterback position isn't the ultimate factor. So Tony, do you think that it's been proven size isn't the ultimate factor in the NFL? In certain cases, yes, it has proven. Wilson... Um... What, Drew Brees, Kyler Murray, um, Kyler Murray. Um, I mean, you can have success and not be the prototypical six-five, two hundred forty-pound so, quarterback. Right. So I, I mean, yes, I, I I do think that in some ways it has. It doesn't necessarily mean every small statured quarterback is going to have success, but there are the ones that do, and that can't be discounted. It can't be. Uh, I saw, talking about lofty expectations, but I saw someone saying the other day, who was it? It was the ESPN guy. I can't remember. Or Dan Orlovsky. He said that he is, he doesn't want to say it, but he's comparing Bryce Young to Patrick Mahomes. He says he's that good. So, I mean, if people are seeing that in Bryce Young, it, the size isn't going to affect his draft status. And I've even seen mock drafts where he's going to, he's going number two to the Texans, so it doesn't seem like the size will be an issue, but 
I think he's going to be pretty good. I, I actually watched the NFL Network too. earlier this week and saw like a breakdown on his game. And he can move and he can't throw. So I think if he is able to get away from pressure, he'll be fine because he can throw on the run. So I'm excited yeah, to see what he can do. Number two. Now, former NBA champion Kendrick Perkins is not afraid to share what's on his mind, and he is not afraid to tackle tough subjects. He believes the NBA MVP voting process is flawed. Here he is presenting his case. I need to know when it comes down to the criteria and moving the goalposts for the MVPs because I understand you're in the analytics. I understand you're a historian of the game of basketball. But I went and did a little research myself. And since 1990, there's only been three MVPs that wasn't top 10 in scoring that won that award. Dirk Nowinski, Steve Nash, and Jokic. Now, what all, what do they have in common? I let it sit there and marinate. I'm just trying to see, you know what I'm saying, when I'm walking into the club, do I need my J's on or is it a dress code? Do I need to put another pair, you know, a church shoes or some red bottoms? Or I need to know. So I, I think he thinks that the NBA MVP has a racial bias problem in some instances. So I'm up first here. Do I agree? Oh, or- is that what he was saying? Well, that's what I heard. He said that the, those three guys, what do they have all in common? And I think the co- commonality there is that they're white. And what was it? It was Dirk, Nash. It was Dirk, Nash, and um, why can't I? We just heard it. Why can't I remember <laughs> this? Like, what? Come on. Um, it was Dirk. Oh, uh, um, oh Jokic. 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 Yeah. So all three guys are white. And, and the reason this came up is because this year people think Joel and Bede should be the NBA MVP, but a lot of people are still saying Jokic is going to be the NBA MVP. So I'm up first. Do I agree or disagree with Kendrick Perkins? I am in the middle of this one. I don't disagree, but I don't agree either. That's a defense straddler. Well, I usually, you know I'm not afraid to take a side. (laughs) In this case, I mean, I don't think that the highest scorer in the league, you could tell me if I'm wrong, Tony, when when you go, but I don't think that means that you're the the MVP. The MVP is a, is a cumulative thing. It's just not a scoring title because there are, is a scoring title in the NBA. But I, I don't think I don't know. I, I I'm not I'm not sure why he points this out. I I'm not sure. But it, it's it, yeah. I don't know. It, it's I sensitive don't... to me. What do you think? I don't know the context in how this was brought up. What what was brought up? But I, I don't know that I agree. With the premise, uh, yes, the three MVPs that weren't in the top ten of uh, scoring um, were Nowitzki, Nash, and, and Jokic. I don't know that I buy that it's because of, of their skin color. I think, um, in particular, now listen, I disagreed wholeheartedly with Steve Nash's because that was the one that should have gone to Kobe Bean Bryant, mm-hmm. but um, Dirk deserved it the year. I mean. It, it, as you said, it's not just about buckets. It's about you elevating your teammates around you. Um, if you happen to be the highest, high one of the higher scores, then then so be it. But I think there's also you can also make the argument that very rarely uh, does that those criteria is not apply. And in those particular cases, Steve Nash. Um, Dirk had a had a ter- had a terrific season. Dirk had a terrific season. Jokic, I mean, I know Kendrick Perkins is a huge fan of of Jokic and and what he does. So I, you know, I disagree. 
I don't I don't think that that is uh, as you. I do agree that Embiid should be the MVP though this year. He probably will be right. Uh, that I don't know. Jokic could get his third in a row here. Doncic, Doncic, Doncic is his name. Chris gets me all messed up with Doncic, Doncic, but he's leading the NBA in scoring. So according to Kendrick Perkins, he's he's the MVP, right? Well, now he said top ten. I know. So I don't know. We'll all see. right, all right. I, I found that clip funny though when I was watching it earlier because he he you have to like see his facial expressions too because you yeah, know he's put some hot sauce story. on it for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, number one did not go. Let's try it again. Number one. Yes. It's Friday, everybody. After a 7-1 to one route of the Buffalo Sabres last night, the Boston Bruins broke a long-standing Montreal Canadiens record that was set during the 1976-77 season. The Bruins moved to 48-8-5 on the season, recording 101 points for the year in just 61 games, which is the fastest any NHL team has been able to reach 100 points in a single season. The Canadiens also set the record with 132 points, which is still the most any team has totaled in one season. The Bruins have 21 games left, and they can also break that record too. So, Tony, with the Bruins being so dominant, how come these feats are going unnoticed? Because uh, it's hockey, if I'm being honest. <laughs> if I'm being honest, that's I... the only reason. I mean, you're in the thick of beginning of, of of baseball now granted we've covered the Bruins a couple different times that's about the only reason this, I know about it is because Chris about this record that they got going so um, it, why is it not being more talked about nationally I think it's because you know it is hockey and it's not playoff hockey and that's usually when people start to pay more attention to it um, but they're surging man Already the fastest to 100 points, as you said, in NHL history. So, um, yeah, it probably should be getting more uh, more ink, though, than it's getting. I, I'm not seeing it anywhere. And I know my algorithm is already weird to begin with, but <laughs> I, I, I'm not algorithm. seeing I, – I see hockey stuff, but I don't see Boston Bruins stuff. Maybe it's because I've anti-Boston my algorithm so that I don't see any of that, but – I yeah. mean, I saw that that Patrick Kane got traded to the Rangers. I saw it. I it actually that, popped that, I mean, up on my I, phone. I did see, I did see that. I saw that more than I. I mean, more than I've seen anything about the Bruins in their run right now. Yeah. Well, good luck to the Bruins getting to 133 yeah. points, which will set another record. So hopefully that one will make them some news at some point. Well, we'll certainly talk about it. I know that. Yeah, Tony, Chris, you are Chris, you are off now to get ready for the Padres game tonight. I will have you here, everyone, uh, for the next maybe 10 minutes or so, and then we will hear from Jesse Agler. So that's what we're going to do when we get back on 97.3 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 